This is Luke Dobb from DobbCreative.com, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 46, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 190 and Star Wars number 21 from December 1978. Welcome to the 46th episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about them with my friends. Speaking about my friends, we have Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Row. Hey, man. Um, I I don't want to. I don't do the podcast. I don't want to. I'm not going to do it. Can't make me. We've been down this road many a times. You can't make me do it. You know, I'm not going to do it. This is why you threatened to send me to the Spice Mines of Kessel. (laughs) Well, you know, Jared, either you do with the podcast or I'm going to have to take you and your yard sale stuff because mm-hmm. you still got to pay for being here on the podcast with uh-huh. your yard sale stuff. So if you don't, I'm going to send you to the Spice Mines of Kessel. All right. Point point me towards the podcast. Let me just go on in here. and Oh, my gosh. My best friend Delvin Williams is in here. <sighs> Delvin, try to See. do a Wookiee noise. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back. Oh. <laughs> Delphus wasn't bad for a non-Star Wars fan. <laughs> this, is, this is what we get when we do Star Wars. We have to do all the stupid Star Wars bits. I'm going on mute. Hey, he's so bitter. Boy. Jeez. Maybe he needs to go to the spice mines. <laughs> Carbon freeze that attitude right yeah. out. Yeah. Get a bony hunter after Delvin. It's very Sarlacc pity. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't work. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a salacious <laughs> bum. <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode is Delva getting mad at our Star Wars references that he doesn't get and doesn't want to get. <laughs> there you have it. This should be a fun-filled episode, folks, so make sure you stay tuned for the second half. Speaking about second half of the Albrechts, let's go ahead and see how Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht. Ow! Gonna get me a big bowl of beef chow mein. His hair was perfect. That's right. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I've been gargling moon rocks. I want to turn into a, a werewolf. I wonder, how just, did he get a moon rock? But uh, I don't know. What was he doing gargling moon rock? How did he get it in his mouth? Like when you're on the, the moon, aren't you like in a spacesuit? Apparently, the moon was made out of cheese. I guess that he was wrong. That's tragically so. It's made out of stuff that'll kill you. Apparently, (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing great, Pat. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. Good. Good to have you here again with us. 
Yeah, it's good to be here. Let's do a show. Yeah, let's do it. Well, before we can do a show, we got to get the fourth person here with us, and that's Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Hello, sir. Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm okay. I, ankle's been hurting me a little bit. Riz's been hurting me a little. Oh, what? Uh, just straight on? All right. Ooh. <laughs> I feel better. I feel a lot better now. It's from the Star Wars comic. I got it. I got it. Right. We're allowed to do Star Wars references on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Get me going, because I was like, there's no way he's going to do a Star Wars reference. (laughs) Star Wars joke. (laughs) Look who read the comic. I didn't even remember that part. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of stuff in there I don't remember. (laughs) I guess we will soon find out what everybody remembers about that comic coming up soon. But before we find out that, let's go ahead and find out who is the fanciest of them all here is it delvin no it's not me is it jason let me just break in here and uh let you guys know that it's probably me and why am i so fancy why are you so fancy i have several several comic books that have been hardbound by omahabound.com if you want to cherish curate your collection like a true comic book collector and be fancy like me go to omahabound.com today they do custom covers they do wonderful work I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to take those books that, you know, you love, but they're never going to really collect them, and you want to make something special out of them, buy them up, send them to OmahaBound.com, they will send them back to you in a beautiful, hardbound package that will make you smile. OmahaBound.com. Go there today. Thank you, Mr. Fancy. Happy to do it. I'm always happy to talk about my fanciness. And we love hearing it as well. I don't know if you do. But we love talking about Omaha Bound. Yes, yes, that's true. Absolutely. Now, before we get started with this episode's issues, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. The Too Old, Too New Podcast, a show dedicated to reviewing books from the bins and recent reads. I'm Bill. And I'm Seth. Be sure to listen to us on our Too Old, Too New Comic Book Podcast, where we talk about two old comic books and two new comic books every episode. Comic book fans don't miss out. Too Old, Too New is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get into the first featured comic for this episode, and that is Amazing Spider-Man number 190. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comic website. Publisher was Marvel, got a cover date of March 1979, but its on-sale date was December 5th, 1978. Editor is Marv Wolfman. Oh, very appropriate for this issue. Oh, yeah, that is. Our writer is Marv Wolfman. Oh, also appropriate. Oh. Penciler, John L. Byrne. Anchor, Jim Mooney. Also appropriate for this issue. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Letterer is James R. Novak. And colorist is Michelle Wolfman. Oh. Oh. We have a pack here, I think. You can uh, read along with us in reprints in Essential Spider-Man Volume 9 or also on the Marvel Unlimited app. And we hope you do. And then provide us some comments at the end when you hear this episode. Cover credits go to penciler Keith Pollard and inker Alan Milgram. I know that guy. Sounds familiar. Speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jared. The Marvel Comics Group banner is blood red with midnight black letters. Spidey is still standing in his black corner box. 
The Amazing Spider-Man logo is Harvest Moon Yellow with red highlights with the webs looping around it. And for the main action, there's not a lot to tell, but I'll try. It shows Spider-Man in midfall as he battles the lunatic Man-Wolf, and Spidey isn't doing very well. He's being choked out while trying to spin a web line. How will he get out of it? Without a silver bullet, it's hard to say. But he and Man-Wolf are both plunging towards the river, and that has to bite. The first of two cover blurbs barks the soul-searing climax to Spidey's most deadly battle. The other blurb states, Never before such a surprise shock ending. Mayhem is the Man-Wolf. Anybody get that Talbot joke? Just out of I, I didn't. I was going to ask you about that. Okay, all right. Uh, Talbot was the name of the guy who, uh, in the first Wolfman movie, that's the Talbot family. They show up a lot in the Wolfman movies. because they're like uh, the first Oh, gotcha. Okay. okay. Thank you that's for That's a deep cut mind. for everybody. Okay, anyways, let's get our sound effects going. Uh, Pat, you're on the Man-Wolf. Uh, Why does he get the Man-Wolf? Because I got something special. Because I'm more man than you ever be. (laughs) Or maybe I'm more woof. Oh, my goodness. I got something special in mind for you tonight, Jason. Delvin, you're on Spider-Man. Probably just choking sounds. And Jason, I already know where you're going to go with this, but you get to be the guy driving that tiny boat down at the river that they're obviously headed for. In three, two, one, and go. Oh, my God. Here go the man wolf. Wake up, Tommy! Finally get down in the boat. And he's gonna get crushed by a man wolf and Spider Man. I just can't say it. I can't stop crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought for sure we were gonna get it. Y'all better get down. Oh, I thought about it, but I, <laughs> I didn't want to cuss because you can't really edit it out if we're all talking over one another. Tugboat Tommy. Tugboat Tommy. Tugboat Tommy. We got to do it again. Tugboat Tommy. <laughs> oh, well, well done, everybody. I got off the moon of indoor. Now I'm in the tugboat. <laughs> I get in the boat. Tugboat Tommy. That's it, man. Spideys and man-wolves falling from the sky. Very cool. Well, with that cover description out of the way, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts. And we will start with Delvin. I like it. I like it a lot. Have we done a Spider-Man one where a villain is attacking him going off of a bridge or something? I know he's been on the bridge with Mm -hmm. Rocket Racer. Rocket Racer. Was there another I don't know. I'm having a sense of deja vu. There's the one with the angle of the building and he's falling off into the street. Maybe. There's the one with Nightcrawler when he was like falling off of the Ferris wheel. wheel. Yeah. Well, anyway, I do like this because if Manwolf isn't an A-list Spidey villain, he's a B-plus list Spidey villain. And he looks like he's in danger. Manwolf looks really cool. And Spidey looks like he's trying his best, but he's having a hard time. So I like it. I give Keith Pollard a lot of credit for coming back with a really, really good cover after you had some guest artists coming in trying to steal his thunder. It is Keith's like, I'm the main artist of Amazing Spider. Hey, hey, good for you, Keith. Thumbs up. Let's go to Jared. Well, all right, sir. I also really like this cover. I like the composition. I like the pose. I like the way it feels dangerous. I like the ad of the boat. In the river that Jason played Tugboat Tommy on there moments ago. It gives a sense of scale. It gives a sense of depth. Very good idea to stick that that little boat in there. Make sure you take that boat out and it's like, is he falling into a fog? Mm -hmm. Is he falling into a a large bowl of soup, perhaps? (laughs) But, (laughs) But you put that little boat in there. 
It gives you everything you need to know. So I just love it. Color, composition, everything. Plus, I'm a sucker for the Universal Monster movies. I think we talked about that last episode. So I like Mm -hmm. the whole, I mean, he was a mummy and now he's a werewolf. It's like a win-win for me. And with that, I'll pass. I agree with what both you guys have said. I really like the composition, the action pose with Man-Wolf. I hadn't really read anything with Man-Wolf in it before. So this is kind of a new character for me. So after getting introduced to him in the past couple of issues, it's really cool to see him front and center on this comic book and just giving Spider-Man all that he's worth. What really kind of detracts it from me for a little bit is that Marvel's TV sensation. Those just really bother me. I wish they would just get rid of that. I understand they're really trying to promote their TV show at the time, but as we're looking at it here in 2020, I just kind of wish that would go away so I could enjoy the cover a little bit more. That's my only real minor problem with it. Pop quiz for you. Which cover recurrence do you dislike more? The TV sensation or winning the 10-speed bike? Winning the 10-speed bike. Yeah, it took up so much real estate. Yeah, yeah, they at least made this subtle. The (laughs) 10-speed bike was like the size of the title. I just wanted to get a gauge on how much you hated it. So not 10-speed bike level, but okay, I got you. Yeah, no, nowhere near close. The level was 10, and the Marvel TV sensation was... A one where more like a, like a three speed bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like a three speed banana seat. I guess that just leaves you, Pat. What do you got on it? I agree with uh, what you guys say. This cover really took me when I saw it for the first time. I don't know much about the man wolf at all either. So I'm really excited about this story. And to see that perspective on this cover really took me back to kind of like Delvin was saying, some of those other issues we've seen them using this kind of a high perspective shot with the action up front. And then just you got that feeling of, I don't know, something vertigo or, or just that, that altitude that's happening. Really interesting. So I really like this one. I'm going to jump in and be like that little corner box where the editor puts a note in mm-hmm. on this. If you want to know more about the man wolf, I believe he was featured pretty heavily in the Savage She-Hulk run. I'm a fan of that run of comics and i think he ends up in quite a bit of that i don't think the man wolf ever had his own book i'm ready to be corrected on that but i don't think he ever did but i think he was a pretty big recurring character in savage she hulk that was coming out about this time there was a werewolf by night but that wasn't john jameson Mm-mm. no john jameson or villainy werewolf by night no in the she hulk one heroey hero i want to say he's heroey in that john jameson is in Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. Oh, very cool. He was in there for a few issues. He, he hasn't been in the last couple. I don't know if he's coming back or not. Interesting. All right. Well, with that cover thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and get to the cover ratings. And it's a one through five rating here on the LBC Crusader Chronicles. Five, you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, You didn't like it, and one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. Let's find out what we thought. Jason. It's a four. It's a great cover. Nothing wrong with the art whatsoever. Only thing that keeps it from being a five is having a B villain and the Marvel TV ad. What do you think, Delvin? I want a spoiler alert from Jared and Pat here. Are either of you going to give the book a five? Jared's pointing to himself. We just had Jason who gave it a four. I need to be Vince because I'm on the fence here and I can't be on the fence. So 
Jared, please give me a good convincing argument of why I should give this a five. The cover? Yes, the cover. If you have to ask, then it's not a five. That's not That's true. That's not true. I'm really? I don't go, do I put this on my wall? Do I not put it on my wall? I don't know. If I look, this is going up on my wall. Well, awesome. It's not your rating. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Jared. We all agreed up on the wall if it's a five. <laughs> I might put it on my wall. I'm considering. I have it. I'm measuring it. There's a spot on my wall right now. I'm thinking. You're impossible. Do I, put, do I put it on the wall? Do I not? It's either on the wall or it's off the wall, though. I know. I'm, I'm working we, on that. I go to my friends for advice to such matters. Jared, what do you think? Why, why is this a five? It's just yard sale artist, Your Honor. And uh, <laughs> I would have to say that I'm giving this a five because I think it's very well drawn. I love the angle. I love the color. So that's a one, two, three. If you're a fan of things that happen in the book, there's four. Now, here's where it might separate, though, because honestly, I was thinking, you know, if Joe November was here, I'd give yeah. it a 4.5. Right. But I'm giving it the five point bump because of my love for the Universal Monster films. Mm. And for me to be able to see Spider-Man fight a werewolf so well drawn, I love the bandages. I love the choke. I love the way it communicates the uh, the webs aren't quite working right, which is also mm -hmm. part of the story. I like it that. It communicates a lot of things. Uh, that werewolf portion that I just love, you know, werewolf, Dracula, Visible Man, Creature from Black, Black Lagoon, all that stuff, that pushes it to my five. So if you don't go there because you're not such a monster movie buff, I completely understand. Mm. I rest my case, Your Honor. It's just yard sale artist. Gotcha, yard sale artist. Thank you. Thank you. No further questions. Wait, that's not my part. I'll give it a five. My first instinct was a five because I really do like to cover and I very much would consider putting it on my wall because man, Spider looks like he's in danger. And really, I'm happy for Keith Pollard because Pollard came back with a beautiful cover. Even though I didn't get to the uh, interiors yet, I know he's getting back because I read the letters page. But this cover is striking. And if this is a sign of artwork to come inside the book, I'm really looking forward to more Pollard. So I will give it a five. Pat. I am also going to give it a five. And what stands out to me on this is the angle, the... One second, Pat. The rakish angle. Both the rakish angle. So proud of you. <laughs> I was waiting. I'm like, we're talking about angle? He's not going to say it? He's not going to say it? Oh, fine, I'll say it. Okay, all right. Go ahead. Oh, wait, wait, keep that bit alive. Keep the bit alive. <laughs> I like the rakish angle of this. I like that the man-wolf is front and center. I like how his hand, the claw, is covering up the D or the P and the R in Spider-Man. I think that's really cool. And I like seeing Spider-Man with the webbing coming out, but it's not going anywhere. It's awesome. Having performance issues with that web fluid. We've all been there. <laughs> Sometimes the old webber just unwept. Mm -hmm. It was the D and the R, by the way. D's nuts. Oh, yeah. The D and the R. The well, D. see, that's what got me. I didn't know. Was a P? Is a D? I don't know. What <laughs> order do these letters come in? Yeah. It's a I mystery. <laughs> is it the Dipper Man or is it Spider Man? I don't know. Can't got duped again. <laughs> oh, that's you're why right, I have though. You're right. problems. Nobody mentioned that. And you're right. The putting the hand over the logo really gives it a three dimensional effect. Mm -hmm. Very good point, Pat. 
So with that, that's why I'm giving it a five. I will hang this on my wall. And because I think it's a really cool picture with, you, like you guys say, he's not an A-list character. He's kind of a B, so I think this is really a, a standout moment for him. Take a bow, wolf, man. Excuse me, man, man wolf. Oh, man, wolf. Oh. All right. Well, let's go ahead and find out what this story is about in this issue with a synopsis from Delvin. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. amazing friends. The title of this book is In Search of the Man Wolf. Truth in advertising time, I had an idea of doing this story from one of three points of view. Spider-Man, J. Jonah Jameson, or Man Wolf, respectively. Pat, that means in that order. And asked the team to pick a number at random from one to three. Jason picked one, but I want to do Man Wolf. So here's the story from Man Wolf's point of view. <laughs> what? You can't speak wolf? You need an English translation? <sighs> Fine. I captured old man just like Master Controlling me wanted. Now, back to Master. Last I saw him, he didn't look so well. If he dies, I eat him. Them's wolf rules, baby. Oh. <laughs> I crash into this place with a lot of autonomo cars. Punch this red and blue pest around, and for some reason, old man keeps acting kind to me. But let me knock him around, too. There. Man Wolf can focus now. Kibbles and bits and bits and bits. Red, red and blue man is tough, so I must escape. Hard to fight holding an unconscious old guy. Red and blue man separates me from old guy, so I fight red and blue man more. Now outside. I knock red and blue man, and he stops coming after me. Gotta find old man. He has a gun pointed at me, but doesn't shoot. Probably scared. I'm really scary. I capture old man and he keeps talking to me, girl. But wait, his words. Do I know old man? I believe I do. Wait, master tells me I must take him to the top of a bridge, so I must. Here on top of the bridge and all is safe, but red and blue man attacks and I remember? Wait, I'm, I'm John Jameson. Why am I on top of a bridge? Why are dad and Spidey here? Ah, my head! The pain seems to be hurling off the bridge, but Spidey saves me! Spider-Man, you must let me go! I can feel myself change again! Tell Dad I love him! I love- Poof! Narrator here. John disappears into thin air. Jonah, of course, blames Spidey. Spidey, of course, blames himself. One more interlude. The head guy of the Bugle's competitor wants top-level talent sniped from the Bugle and tells his man to go get the services of ace photographer Peter Parker to be continued. Ow! 
Back to you, Pat. Thank you for that howling and hairy story that you just provided us. You're welcome. It's a good dramatic reading. Thank you. Thank you. I was intrigued. I was wondering what's going to happen. It wasn't quite what you want. It wasn't one wasn't, you know, a werewolf stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, I liked it. I liked yeah. it. I liked Thank it. You. I liked it. Because you were like, when you said one, I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do Spidey. <laughs> that was a waste of text digits right there, man. Yeah. Ain't most of our text? Yeah. Yeah. Jason would yeah. know best. He doesn't read them. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> thumb up, thumb up, thumb up, thumb up. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get it to the brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? Jared. First read for me. First read. Let's go to Jason. First read, and I liked it. What about you, Delvin? I don't remember reading it. I have it, but I don't remember reading it. Counts. First read. And it's a first read for me, too. <laughs> we did it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you thought it was gone by the flight in the sky. Take a look. Take a look. Then a book. A reading Hi, I'm LeVar Burton. <laughs> when I read, I read with the LBC crew. and it's Not actually LeVar around. Burton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel nice to have that back. Let's go ahead and get to some highs, lows, or what does for this issue. And we will start with Jared. You got a high, low, or what the? Well, I've got a little sticky note of notes here. I actually wrote them down. Not normal for me. Wow. Ooh, things are changing. My first one is going to be quite controversial. It's going to be a high. Call me old-fashioned, maybe even misogynistic, but man, I miss the old days of car shows with girls in bikinis running around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when I saw that, I was like, that used to be a thing. And there <laughs> goes our last female. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they used to do like the new model car shows and they'd always have the beautiful women down there and all that. And I was like, man, I, I'd completely forgotten that that was a thing. So Cena was just kind of a blast for the past. You get so, that calendar, the free calendar, if you went. Apparently you got a free calendar. <laughs> oh, that's what I was told. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> So, you know, I don't know if it's popular or right or anything. I just thought it was a nostalgic trip, and I'll leave it at that. You can judge for yourself. Listeners, do you like the car shows with the ladies? Or is it is it outdated and passe? That's up for debate for you to decide, but I just thought it was neat to see it. I like how they brought that in and had to give, you know, a couple of different editor boxes notes on why they were there and what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> new for 1979. <laughs> you didn't be like, what? what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Why are all these girls in bikinis running around in this building <laughs> with these cars? It makes no sense. <laughs> but that's it. That? With that, I'll pass it around to Jason. Yeah, I'll just expand on that a little bit. It's one of the things I really like about Spider-Man. The action always takes place or often takes place in New York City in some familiar area or, you know, some place that you and me and all our listeners could conceivably be at who hasn't been to mm -hmm. a you know to a car show or a car lot of some kind and the, got the calendar <laughs> yeah i got the calendar to prove it and the action takes place there and it brings it kind of a level of realism as opposed to some of your other comics where you're flying off to space or fighting on some other planet which is also cool but for spider-man it seems like it works the best when it's new york city Someplace relatable. common, relatable, 
common people running around amidst the chaos. And it just makes the action a little bit more realistic and fun, in my opinion. So that's kind of a big high. Delvin, what do you got? Let's just talk about the action overall through the book. Wolfman has spent last few issues building up multiple plot threads here and there. On this one, not really many. He did detach on the bugle really quickly. But other than that, it was all out action. And that's kind of cool. You can do that when you've gotten that thread built up enough. And this isn't even the main storyline. We still don't know who the big bad is behind everything. But no time for that because you got... Don't we know the main bad? Yeah, yeah, Smythe. got revealed yeah, in this one. <laughs> did it? Yeah. yeah. Smythe, right? Yep. The original... Uh, or is he getting paid? Spencer Smythe. Yeah. Well, now you got me guessing, Double. Well, I mean, who, who's also behind... The Electro, and who's also behind Smythe. Smythe. Yeah, they say that in the... Yeah. Did you read this? <laughs> did you read the book? <laughs> or did you just read the Man Wolf parts? <laughs> For the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do it like synopsis. <laughs> I... Blue and red, man. Hit me in face. <laughs> Put it this way. I'm... I don't know. Okay, well, obviously, tell us. I, I can tell you, I've... Because Jay is really into this, and I've been reading ahead for bedtime stories... It's my all right. Spoilers. I mean, it got revealed in this one. I can see where you would think there'd be more, uh, but there's not, which we'll talk about when we get to my lows. Fair were enough. You just, were you <laughs> distracted by the automobile show, Delvin? Maybe, maybe. I mean, there are cars being thrown around. There were other objects being thrown around, bouncing around. You know, some what? people lost their jobs. Yeah, they let's, quit. let's pass it to you, Pat. What do you got? Speaking about some plot threads, I like some of the things that were dropped in here. You mentioned the the bugle and somebody trying to go after Peter now. So Peter hopefully is going to come into some more money, maybe. I don't know. But I really I like the other plot thread of what's going on with his webbing, things like that. He's like, oh, I haven't gotten this fixed yet. And so I'm kind of worried about that. It's got me worried. Well, we know he was skipping classes. So maybe missed some chemistry classes and <laughs> hasn't perfected that web fluid yet. Not yet. Yeah. You had some good character building with Jonah and some backstory of him and Marla trying to help out John with what's going on with him. Another plot thread that's there is, what about those two girls from the car show? Are they going to find another job? I, I don't know. probably not going to get into that in The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah, Pat's poll list. <laughs> <laughs> Just mine. Jared, was there something I'm missing? I, I'm just counting how many oh. you're going to do in this round. <laughs> what that is. Oh, I thought you were counting the plat threads for me. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> keep it up with your highs and lows. That's what I do. Okay. Well, with that, then, I guess I'm over my time limit, boy. So <laughs> we'll go ahead and pass it to Jared for another high, low, or what the. <sighs> well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. Well, I'm Delvin. glad you asked me and told me that I had to pass it to you. So there you go. <laughs> Delvin. Definitely took my second bullet, which was to point out that the fight lasted the entire issue, aside from quick aside and some flashbacks that you just mentioned, Pat. So that was cool. But let me just get to the meat here. I wrote down my low, Spencer Smythe. On my note, it says Spencer Smythe, ZZ, ZZZ, ZZ. Jared. Look, dude, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I don't. Ah! <laughs> Take your medicine. Take your medicine. <laughs> Give me the pills. Uh, I just have never been a big fan of 
the whole Smythe, be it Spencer, Alistair, I don't care. The Smythe clan, the Spider Slayer things, I've always just thought they're a little hokey, corny. Probably one of my very least favorite Spider-Man villains. So I, I'd be interested to see what you guys think of the Smythes. They don't do it for me. So when it got revealed, I, I had a suspicion that's where we were heading on this story arc. I was like, if this ends up being one of the Smythes, I'm just going to be like, eh. And it did. And I'm just like, eh. But you know what? That just could be my personal bias on the Smythes. I will let you discuss. Jared, you something to say. I, I will tag team with you here to give you um, some meat to your argument besides just not liking him. So Smythe's giving his monologue, and, you know, he's like, you know what, I won't crush the web slinger forever. And then he mentions Jameson paid him, and he was an ordinary dedicated scientist. And then in the next panel, he says, and never once did I realize the radioactive materials I used were killing me. <laughs> so he wasn't an ordinary scientist. He was a subpar scientist. <laughs> <laughs> that was the year of our Lord, 1978. The Curies discovered radioactivity <laughs> 60 plus years ago. Bro. They could have watched OK Connery and been like, dude, you're getting radioactive poisoning. <laughs> He's got to learn to. Didn't it come with some kind of video on, on PPE, you know, how to dress when handling that kind of stuff? Yeah, so for him to blame Jameson and Spidey for his problems, it's like, I could get Jameson, prideful man, and his son, which he loves dearly. First had that spotlight, was going to be an astronaut, something went wrong, then Spidey swoops in, saves the day, and all the spotlight goes on Spidey, and Jameson's like, you just mess with my pride and joy. I will hate you forever for that. That's a reason. Smythe saying, uh, I didn't know how to handle radioactivity well, <laughs> duh. That's not a reason. That's well, not a very good one. And like, he hates Spider-Man because I kept trying to kill him and he kept surviving. To me, that makes sense. You know, he, he took pride in the work that he did. and He didn't he do good to... work. I think we've all established that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he poisoned himself a good killer yeah, like ah, yeah ah, just, i've never liked him i just felt let down by him being the puppet master not the marvel puppet master but more in the you know <laughs> <what I mean. laughs> yeah has his son come into play yet at not this time yet. or not till after he i'm assuming something's going to happen to them so i mean he get that, his pills that's, or all, whatever. that's off in the future okay where alistair Smythe takes over his dad's work as the Spider Slayer. But for my, now, my, still Spencer. My knowledge is from the animated show. And how much balls do you have to have to call yourself the Spider Slayer when you have slayed not one spider? <laughs> not one spider. The spider aggravator is more accurate. <laughs> spider antagonist. Wait a minute. Maybe you don't know how many spiders are in the warehouse or wherever he's. So, like, mm -hmm. it's good at killing actual spiders. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of goes back to, like, the murder world concept. You can't call it murder <laughs> world because you haven't killed anybody. Even though <laughs> I, I can picture him, like, just seeing, like, an ordinary house spider. It's like, get a machine. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. Spider slayer. <laughs> Paint a little spider on the side like it's a fighter plane. <laughs> oh, it looks like I used up all my chemical, my nuclear weapon in this. I got to have killing all those spiders. I better put some more in it. 
<sighs> you know who we should have called? This is specifically for Jason. Should have called Klaus Hergesheimer. G-section. G-section. <laughs> James Bond, radiation right. se- shields joke. So, yeah, uh, we all kind of took up terms there, but I'm going to let's see. Do I have anything else to add? Really? I wish that Spider-Man wouldn't be so hard on, on himself. I know that's kind of his thing, but man, it's like, look, Jameson goes hurtling off the bridge and he's like, I learned from my mistakes. I'm not going to use my webbing yet. I'm going to get myself in position and I'm going to grab him instead. And he saved his life. He did mm-hmm. everything he could. And he did. And he still gave himself. I mean, you know that Jameson was going to take it out on him. But I, I was bummed that Spidey took it out on himself. And just like, mm-hmm. well, did, did I really do everything? That- yes. Yes, Pete. <laughs> you sure did. You did everything, man. You, and matter of fact, not only did you do everything, you chased after a villain who looks like, by all means, not smarter, stronger than he is, can take his best punch and not really be phased. And you did all of that to save a dude who hates him and still he doubted himself. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought they went a little bit over the top as far as the old Peter Parker self-loathing there. One thing right. I did like about that scene, though, as I was reading it, because I was thinking, man, if I was Peter Parker, I would have some serious PTSD about Gwen Stacy every time I saw this bridge, right? And to be up on there again oh, and yeah. be in that exact yeah. same situation. Yeah. I was about ready to criticize the book because it's like they're not even addressing this. And then it surprised me because they did. Yeah. When he yeah. said, you know, because he said, I can't risk the webbing. I don't want to have what happened to Gwen happen again. And so he dove off the bridge after him. So I was like, okay, hats off for that. That's good continuity, and I really enjoyed that part of it. I like the artwork in this one. To me, I was nicely done a lot of action with the fights, but the artwork just helped move it along in here. Well, that scene an- where he... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, you got an expert in John Byrne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did an interesting thing where John Byrne, he was not credited with pencils. He was credited with layouts. And Jim Mooney was credited with finishes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know Jim Mooney's style enough to know where his work began and John Burns ended or where John's Burns began and Mooney's ended. But go on, Pat. But I just think definitely together, the art in this really turned out nice. And I really liked it. It kept me reading yeah. along and, and moving along with it and told the story. Is, is Burn? He's on X-Men right yeah. now, right? So he's cranked two yeah. books this month. That's what I was yeah. surprised with. And he did last yeah. month, too. He did pencils last month. He didn't just do layouts. He did pencils. So maybe Keith Pollard needed just a little bit of a break or wanted they wanted to catch up and get him on, knock out a few issues in a row. And I guess John Byrne was enough of a hardworking professional to fill in. So, yeah, overall, I think this was a very well put together issue kept me interested all the way through it was definitely a lot of fun it was a page turner mm-hmm. yeah it's good to see a romp like that where i mean sometimes you, you do like your good old-fashioned you know drag outs but if it's within the story and not just okay they're just knocking each other upside the head or whatever and um, yeah this was good character building i think in between it because you had spidey fighting himself against jonah and also fighting man wolf and not wanting to hurt him yeah just and jonah going back and he was going back and forth with oh you know jonah was don't hurt my kid but i don't help me you don't yeah 
they they did that very at first I thought it was a little bit hokey, but I'm like, the more it happened, I'm like, no, that's actually very, very good interplay to where Jonah realized the but he realized somewhere in his head Spider-Man was trying to save him. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's trying to save him from his son who's turned into this otherworldly creature. And yeah, so they played the conflict of J. Jonah Jameson very, very well. I like how Spider-Man, during the course of that action, he even says to himself at one point, he's thinking, why do I love this guy so much? You know, like you can see like Peter has actual affection for J. Jonah Jameson. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just such a weird dichotomy, this relationship. It's fun and it really played out in this issue. All right. Well, with that, why don't we go ahead and get into the silly Spidey moment or part for this issue. Jason, who or what is your silly Spidey for this issue? There's a lot in there to choose from. There's a lot of good, catchy one-liners. But to me, the one that got me laughing was I think something that may be somewhat of an artistic mistake, because when Jameson is telling the story of his relationship with his son, he talks about how proud he is when his son graduated high school. And the panel that he's thinking that on has him like holding his son. (laughs) And like my first thought was like, why is he like picking up and carrying his son in graduation? You know, and then I realized like, oh, it's just this should have been with this panel and this with the other panel. So that had me cracking up. That's the part that had me laughing out loud. Delvin? When Manwolf turned back into Jameson and Spidey's checking on him and and Jameson's like, out of my way, you two-time wall crawler. And Spidey's like, you didn't call me that a few seconds ago, Mumbles. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. With, a couple good ones on him. Funny enough, and then Jameson goes on. It's like, uh, then tells John, uh, "You're safe. I rescued you." He's like, "You in what army?" Yeah, and Spidey's like, "You in what SWAT team?" Flat top, and Jameson's like, "Go sleep in a furnace." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just those few lines, that back and forth between the two of them. It's like, hey, 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 hey. that was good. That was oh, good. Yeah, good back and forth. I like that a lot, Jared. Yeah, the back and forth between Spidey and Jonah, the first one that got a chuckle out of me was, it was at the car show, Spider-Man came swinging in, and Jameson said, oh, it's you, Spider-Man. He's like, hey, I'm glad you recognize me. You want my autograph? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, hey, Spider-Man. <laughs> right now, though, the moment I'm most looking forward to is the death of Spencer Spy. <laughs> <laughs> Does Spider-Man even know who he is? You know, I don't know. I, I yeah, guess probably it. from previous Spider Slayer stories, I guess he would know him. Because I know he's fought like the creations before, but has he known who's behind him? I want to say when we kicked this off, there was a special issue. Remember when when it had like it was a bunch of androids and it was like Kingpin. He fought a Kingpin oh, and he fought yeah. a Vulture. I want to say that he referenced Smythe in that one as if he knew. Oh, but man, that's man, a lot of episodes ago. Yeah. That was 150. Yep. That was 150. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That tickled our tummy feathers, didn't it? I think that was the birth of the tummy, tummy feathers. feathers, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, what about you, Pat? What was your uh, silly Spidey moment? Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. My silly Spidey moment is, of course, you guys, how can I not pick this one? Spider-Man says to Jonah, after Jonah says, you found me. And Spider-Man says as he's wonking Manwolf in the back, he says, don't remind me, Chuckles. 
I may never forgive myself. The runner-up I had, though, was there's a cuddle in here, too. He called somebody cuddles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a chuckles, a cuddles. There's yeah. a flat top. Flat top. Yeah, he's got a couple names I enjoy. Go sleep in a furnace. Go sleep, yeah, go sleep in a furnace. It's <laughs> just mean. <laughs> Those bits that were laced throughout this just help move the action and kind of the drama that was happening as it was going on. And just, I'm like, <laughs> I'm reading along and I'm just, this is a really fun, fun issue. Yeah, when it comes to humor, heart, spectacle, and art, it's hard to beat Spider-Man. That is true. Can I add a burning thought very quickly, Pat? You can, Delvin. I was taken away by some of the ads in the book. I know this isn't a long box crusade, uh, traditional format, but some of these ads are really good. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the movie, that was advertised. And just the ad alone, it looks creepy and scary. And all cool and stuff. And then the that's one. The, re- that, oh, I'm sorry. Was that good? That, uh, my timing's right. That's the remake of Invasion of the Body Statues. Was it Donald Sutherland? Donald Sutherland version. So yeah. Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, and Leonard Nimoy uh, were the uh, headlines. Nice. Wow. There were a couple of comic books uh, that caught my eye that, like, the Shogun Warriors, man, they look cool as I have a few of those toys. <laughs> They're cool robots. Yes. I I don't know if I'd heard of Shogun Warriors. It's been a while. So just seeing the robots and then because this relates to the Transformers Chronicles, Mm -hmm. uh, Herb Trimpey was the artist along with Doug Minch, uh, a longtime writer. But like I saw that, I'm like, ooh, I would get that. And then one more, one more. There was a Power Man and Iron Fist. And the picture alone, the picture was so badass. It was like, man. It made me wise. Like, can I go back to 1978 and get somebody? I mean, because it's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that's cool. Yeah. Uh, There's the yeah. little Misty Night right there. I oh, see. It was so good. Like, you would, I don't know who drew that, but that picture was awesome. I mean, it would make me want to get that book. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's just a couple of ads in there that were just like, man, I, I'm feeling super nostalgic yeah. today for something. Thumbs up to that. Yeah. That's the best of 78 right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> So kind of brought up some, uh, next time you're bin diving or doing something, you may pick up some more Shogun Warriors if you saw it. Sure. I mean, based off that cover alone, it looks like some Rock'em Sock'em robots going on. And mm-hmm. I know Doug mentioned enough to know that I've, I've, I know I have some of his books. Good writer. I know Herb Trimpey. Good artist. Why not? There's a lot of similarities between the Shogun Warriors and Transformers. I wonder if that's part of how Trimpey got the gig for Transformers. Now we're doing a Transformers Chronicles yep. show, guys. <laughs> Delvin's going to do a new spinoff show, Shogun Warriors. Hiya! I'd have to do New Warriors first. I oh, want, I want so badly. Like, with, if, if I did it, what would come next is, yeah, you'd have to clean it, and then I'd go quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how he stops me. Oh, you want to be on the G.I. Joe show? You clean it. You can be. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'll just guess it right now. Well, folks, let us know. Do you want to hear Delvin do a New Warriors Maybe. What you asked for. I want a new Warriors and a Shogun Warriors together. Like new Shogun Warriors or new Shogun. Shogun, Yeah, Shogun Warriors and new Warriors. Yeah, that'd be cool. See, Delvin, you could do that. Warriors book and a Shogun Warriors book. Delvin, you could do that for our Patreons and do a video on him. We've got plans to to talk about that. There you go. Oh, oh, oh. Not a bad idea. Get your money in now and we'll tell you soon right after the next issue we cover on how to be a Patreon. Oh my God. And get Delvin to do that work. <laughs> I, 
I'll go on mute now. That's All right. Well, with that talk out of the way, let's go ahead and get to the ratings for this issue and see where everybody's at. I think we're going to going to be pretty high on this one, guys. So let's find out. Is it a five? It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, middle of the road, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Delvin. Musical genius, something, something, other words. <sighs> Four. Oh. Really good book. Really good. Really good. I just... Using kind of what Jason said, you know how you, you know it's a five. You're in the middle of the book and you're like, oh, five, 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 five. You put the book down, five. To, it didn't do that, but it's a very good book. Five did not make you get up. It, yeah, it did not make me get down either. Mm. So I'm at a four. Jason. I'm with Delvin on a four. I thought the story was really good. Pacing was excellent. Lots of action, terrific art. The only thing that keeps it from a five to me is the reveal of the Spider Slayer character. I'm with Jared on that one. Didn't really excite me that much. I think that's really the only thing that's keeping it from a five for me. Jared? Same thing Jason said, four. So we can open the door again on the floor, Pat? What are we doing? Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. It's a four for me, too. Nice. It's a four. I think Devil's right. As I was reading it, I really was really digging it and liking it. But you're right. You know when it's a five, when you can just definitely tell it. I think that's a good way of putting it, Delvin. But fantastic. I'm, yeah. I'm very oh, yeah. happy with the Marvel. We can bump it up. Yep. Yep. Not high quite. High, high four. I get the feeling that it's coming with him. If not, there are worse things to say about a writer than he consistently puts out very good books. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this has been an enjoyable run of Amazing Spider-Man. and I, I've enjoyed the heck out of it so mm. far. Looking for yep. definitely has since we took that turn and moved from the got then with the goblin. And now we're on to this new part. It's definitely been a good ride. Mm-hmm. Here, here. All right. With that, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Art by Nate Niles. Colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon. Letters by Percival Constantine and edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central. C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. That's theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Or you can buy it directly from me, Creator Jared Albrecht, the art sale artist, at any of my Comic-Con appearances. Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. Get your copy today. You won't regret it. Don't take my word for it. Here's what Ming Chen from AMC's TV series Comic Book Men had to say about it. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great werewolf scenes in here. A lot of great... Uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids. <laughs> <laughs> Books like a- a Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. That's Hamilton vs. Burr, a werewolf tale. 
Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the amazing benefits of being a Crusader Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join there for as little as $1 a month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected, with some help from their Twitter friends, Star Wars, issue number 21. Pew, 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 pew. Close enough. Give me a Wookiee War. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel. Got a cover date of March 1979, but its on-sale date was December 19th, 1978. Editor and writer is Archie Goodwin. Penciler, Carmine Infantino. Inker is Gene Day. Letterer is John Costanza. The colorist is George Russo. You can read along with us in reprints in Star Wars Omnibus. That was out from Dark Horse. Or also on the Marvel Unlimited app. And again, we hope you do and provide your comments to us later on. Cover credits are Penciler, Carmine Infantino, and Inker, Terry Austin. Let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jarrett. The Marvel Comics group banner is green with black letters and Luke stands like a patriarch in his blue corner box. The Star Wars logo pops with yellow letters and red highlights. The main action is more of a posed cover. Luke Skywalker wields a <sighs> red lightsaber with Princess Leia at his side. Is there something wrong with that? Is, Jared, is, is that a big deal? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I will discuss it in my highs and lows, sir. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Keep going. Princess Leia at his side, Papa Ian off a blaster rifle. A little father behind them are 3PO and R2. Cracking up my own stupid jokes. And looming over them all, almost dad center on the cover, is Darth Vader. <laughs> all these father puns are just for you guys. And if you think about it, this would have been a spoiler uh, of father puns because that has not been revealed yet in the Star Wars universe. But anyway, let's do our assignments. Jason, I feel like I can count on you for halfway decent R2 noises. Yeah, got it. Pat, go ahead and be Darth Vader. What might he be saying? And Delvin, dealer's choice, you could be Luke, 3PO, or Princess Leia. Choose quickly, because we're going to start in three, two, one, go. Look at my muscles. You look strong in this one. I'm R2-D2. I can really talk, but I just whistle because it sounds... I would have got away with it, too, if it weren't for those kids. I got to hang out with these jerk-offs all the time. This cat can't fly his X-Wing fighter. Let me go. Okay, more shooting. Well done, everyone. Pat, was that Darth Vader or... Jason's microphone from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of bull. I can't hold that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well done, everyone. I heard some pew pew pews. I heard RTD2 actually reveal to the world that he could talk like a normal person. And of course, some heavy breathing and look at my muscles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's doing in there. He's like, Rrr. but there you go. Yeah. Posed cover, Carmine Infantino style. Not bad. We'll talk uh, about that. Not bad. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's get some quick covered thoughts and 
Jared, I'm going to throw it right back at you. All right, sir. I like this cover. Like I said, it's one of those, you know, it doesn't depict what's happening in the book. It's just, like I said, it's more of a posed cover. Just kind of a, hey, look at this cover. Mm-hmm. And it's done in that Carmine Infantino style. And I got to tell you, he's really winning me over in some ways, even though it's a little off model from what we're used to. Like Darth Vader's a little more squished. like His head's a little squished. When I see that, Darth Vader reminds me of the Power of the Force figure. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, a little they bit. That chest. Yeah, where they made everybody beefy and all that. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. That's where I was. You know, and, and throughout the art in this book, and I'm sure we'll talk about it when we get in the book, but it pertains to the cover. Infantino just has this real signature style that's just a little bit, I don't know, almost anime before there was anime type of a look. Mm-hmm. And and it's some folks don't like it because it's so far off model, but I like the stylistic nature of it. I like the layout. I like Darth Vader sort of looming over everyone. The only thing I don't like, I already mentioned it, red lightsaber. Now, I cut it slack way back when we were doing like issue, I don't know what we were doing, three or five or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I cut it slack because Star Wars was brand new and they were still feeling things out. I mean, here we are 21 issues in. And they still don't know that Luke's lightsaber is blue? I mean, come on. Come on. Also, come on, Jason. <laughs> well, what does the color wheel say his lightsaber should be? That's the big question. <laughs> blue! It's blue! <laughs> you, did, you didn't pick up the color wheel when you said I, that. I was going to ask that, too. <laughs> Shout it out. Blue! <laughs> I still don't believe you. It's not red, man. The Sith have red lightsabers. This is a scientific. Hang on, let me try that again. It's it's not it's not red, okay? The Sith have red lightsabers. Everybody knows that. Yeah, their mm. Kybar crystals are from a whole different source. Anyway, my thoughts on the cover: not as enamored with it as you are, Jared. I guess I'm just much more of a traditionalist when it comes to my Star Wars art, and I don't like the way that Darth Vader's rendered here. It makes him look buffoonish more so than intimidating. I do like the Luke Skywalker pose, minus the red lightsaber, which you covered. I also like Princess Leia just laying down fire with that blaster rifle. That looks pretty cool. And then the space background with the yellow and red Star Wars letters always makes it pop. So there's some stuff that I like about it. But overall, I don't think I'm quite as in love with it as you are, Jared. And I'll just pass it to Pat from here. I do like the characters that are on here. You know, it's hard to kind of put something together. For these, as Jarrett said, as they're trying to figure these out, 21 issues in, they need to put these, these are the main characters. You know, we're missing Han Solo and Chewbacca, but you got majority of the cast in here. So Darth Vader being menacing, I don't mind it. Like I said, it reminds me of the power of the Force figure from the 90s. So I kind of like that. I guess what I don't like is the background, the black background with the yellow and red and the stars. I know they did that just to kind of make sure that it pops out a little bit more, but I don't mind it. And the the saber doesn't bother me. I I, I give that a pass because, you know, they're still filling things out here. Delvin. Been 21 issues. (laughs) It's a blue lightsaber. (laughs) I I think Jared's pissed about the note. <laughs> I got the laugh from Jared. That's all I needed from that one. Well done. Well done. Thank you, your, your big hit references. <laughs> okay. I like the cover. You want to sell me on Star Wars? Darth Vader is a good place to start because, I mean, who doesn't know Darth Vader? Big bad. I kind of wonder there are some switches on his chest plate 
what do those switches do? Like if someone got close and just pressed them on, and like, ah, you turn my leg off. <laughs> Actually, How do you a gumball pops out. <laughs> what is a gumball? What's a condom? <laughs> One changes his voice. Hey guys, what's going on? Crikey. You will give me those plans for the desktop. Got one of those credit card readers on there. I would definitely be interested in that. And I gave Jared crap very much bit style. Even I recognize that it looks pink on the image I looked at, that being a Luke's lightsaber, and I even knew that it was supposed to be blue, and so that was kind of weird. But Vader sells the cover for me. Other than that, they didn't really depict a lot of action that happened in the book. They just kind of wanted to sell you on Star Wars. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not bad. All right. Well, those cover thoughts out of the way. Let's find out what we will rate this cover on our LBC Chronicles scale of one through five. Five is you loved it. It choked out your insolent co-workers. <laughs> that comes back. <laughs> you all right? Okay. Uh, here, have a lozenge. Thank you. Four, you really liked it. Three, it was middle of the road. You liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. Toshi Station was all out of power converters. <sighs> Delvin. Middle of the road. It's a three. If it accurately depicted something that happened in the book, I would have uh, given it a four, but I'm right at a three. What about you, Jared? I feel like I'm going to be the strong lead on this one, like Jason predicted. I'm going to go four on it. As a kid, I definitely felt the way Jason did, you know, the Darth Vader rendering and all that. But as I've grown up, I've just liked Infantino's Mm -hmm. style more and more. Like I said, it feels like anime before anime was a big thing. So I'm going to give him props for being unique and go with the four. Let's let Jason reveal his three, possibly two. Well, I never grew up, so it's a three for me. <laughs> you can't mess up Darth Vader and expect a four. You make a fair point, though. I think when it comes to licensed properties, especially, I think we're sharper on that because we have, sure. you know, those movies as reference. And I remember we did an Indiana Jones episode a long time ago. I think it was Delvin's first <laughs> Logbox Crusade was an Indiana Jones issue. And we talked about that, about how Harrison Ford was off model. But it still worked. I think that was Trimpy. And Trimpy still made it work pretty well, even though he was off model. And I would agree with Jason. I think Darth Vader's off model, maybe to it. May, not maybe. He's more stylistic than he should. It almost looks like, as I look at the cover, that he misscaled it and had to smash down the head. And then it just kind of float down the rest of the body. It's like if he made the head any bigger, it would cover up too much of the Star Wars logo. Anybody remember those little figures? Action? Well, they're not really action figures. They're little figurines from the 80s called Muscle. Yep. Yeah. He looks like a muscle version. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's like a muscle version of Darth Vader. I'll give you that. (laughs) Anyway, Pat. Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. I am also going to be with Jared and give it a four. I really liked it. I think it brings back the nostalgic feel to me with Darth Vader, Luke, Leia, 3PO, and R2. This would be like a good kind of movie postery kind of a thing I could see. Two cool guys. Yeah. Two cool guys. Giving it a four with with two uncool guys. That's okay. We're going to Me and Jason, we're going to be off with the droids. That's right. (laughs) These are the droids you're looking for. (laughs) No Star Wars joke. (laughs) Tell me to do Star Wars jokes. It's my favorite thing. Well, folks, with that, we're going to need your help. Help decide, is it two cool guys or two guys and two droids? Let us know. What team are you on? 
With that, let's go ahead and get to a story synopsis brought to you by Jason. Long ago in a galaxy far, far away, there exists a state of cosmic civil war. A brave alliance of underground freedom fighters has challenged the tyranny of the oppression of the awesome Galactic Empire. This is their story. Stanley presents Star Wars, the greatest space fantasy of all. story was titled Shadow of a Dark Lord. Our story begins with the escape of Princess Leia from a prison cell aboard a gambling space station called The Wheel. She sets out to rescue a likewise imprisoned Luke Skywalker who is drugged up and fighting a desperate fight against Darth Vader in his mind. Yes, folks, it's one of those. With the help of the ghost of Obi-Wan, Luke manages to break free of his drugs and bindings, defeat his guards, and reunite with Princess Leia. Meanwhile, on the planet Ultar, Darth Vader discovers the bodies of a rebel scout team. By torturing one of the survivors, he learns that the rebel scum were taken out by a cybernetic bounty hunter named Valence. And Valence is after Luke Skywalker. With Vader now in hot pursuit of the mysterious bounty hunter, we return to the wheel, where we discover that the wheel's administrator, Senator Grayshade, has the hots for our favorite princess. He is also double-crossing the local Imperial officer, Commander Strom. Luke and Leia bear witness to this betrayal when they see Grayshade's men raid Strom's cruiser, kill his men, and take his money. As if this isn't enough goings-on, Han is being forced to fight in gladiatorial combat in the Wheels Arena. His next opponent, the Wookiee Chewbacca. Back to you. Thank you, Jason, for that galactic recap. Now, let's go ahead and get to the brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? Delvin? It's a first read for me, Pat. It's a first read for me, Jason. First read for me, Jared. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. First read!
we're yeah, fired up we're about that though, right? about that rainbow but hey <laughs> <laughs> well let's keep the fire going and find out what we got for some high lows or what does and we'll start with jason I have to give my beloved Star Wars a low on this one, man. You could barely make out the art between some of those word balloons. This was text heavy. Chris Claremont was going, what the f- <laughs> is going on here? This is a lot of words. Way too many words, not enough action. That's what I got. What about you, Delvin? I have the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where you know a book is either long or boring. Doesn't have to be both, one or the other. I mean, it's a 22-page book. 22-page book, most people get done if you're just reading it in like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Doesn't take a super-duper long time. And this one, I swear about 10 or 15 minutes in, I was like, bro, like, how many more pages do I have? it's a 17-page book. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no way. I wanted to let you know. It's not even it, was hard. it was a hard 17 pages. <laughs> That way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Jared. Let's keep the negativity train rolling, boys. <laughs> we are going to get to negative town in less than 12 parsecs here. Um, all right. Uh, which of my complaints do I want to air first? Jason alluded to it, the summary. It's one of those fight in your mind and those of you who listened to the show, remember how I felt about that next man when it was like Professor X fights in his mind. Mm-hmm. And this was Luke Skywalker in the mind fight. And I was just like, I don't like them. They're so meaningless. And, and then it was so stupid. I guess it's a strong word because other people might enjoy it. But I, I just didn't enjoy the fact that like the main point of the mind fight was like, you don't have to be better than him with the lightsaber. You don't have to outfox him. You got to punch him in the face. <laughs> I was like, what? What is that? Bite him, little, bite him. Going it's the power within me. And I'm just like, what? It, it, it was, a, you know, I don't already, I already don't care for mind fights. This was a bad mind fight. Look, Jared, I mean, you're more experienced with Star Wars than me. Surely you've heard of the Jedi Knuckle Sandwich. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I was just like, okay, you know, what great lesson is, I guess the great lesson was to overcome his fear, but I was like, I'm going to punch you in your face. <laughs> this is really weird. You know, they only did the mind fight thing one time in the in the original trilogy, and they did it well when Luke went into the tree, and that's where they showed him. And to be fair, that movie wasn't out yet when this comic did. That's true. When they yep. showed him overcome his fear of Vader mm-hmm. on screen. And that one, it didn't last long. It made its point, and it was well done. Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's an example of a halfway decent quote-unquote mind fight, but this... It's just never appealed to me in comic book form, and I, I will wrap it with that. I've been too negative already. Pat, pep us up. Well, of course, I'm going to pep you up because it's Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> and what I'm going to talk about, we already talked about about the cover. It's the art in this that really helped move this for me, kept me interested in it, was just looking at this really awesome art that's in here. The only... I want to say negative thing I have on here is when did Luke Skywalker get really long hair? Maybe he's quarantined like the rest of us. I don't know. There's some parts where he's got like some business going, a uh, party going on in the back. It's like, yeah, they did that. Remember, I even made a joke about how in the corner box, he kind of looked like He-Man yeah. before. Yeah, they definitely played with that aspect, but I- I'm just going to. Maybe it's been a long time since, you know, once he's became a working with everybody, 
after the end of the Star Wars, the first part of it. You know, he didn't ever had time to get his hair cut or something. I don't know. I don't know. If only he had some sort of a blade or mm-hmm. something that could some sort of a lighting device that might be able to cut. <laughs> okay, hair cut. But you, I, see, I, that's, uh, you only use the blue yeah. sabers for haircuts, the red and for haircuts. That's no, for cutting your steak not. and your your other meats. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to get on your train of the art, though. Like I said, Infantino on Star Wars, I think he's kind of divisive, but I just really liked it. And I really got I've really gotten into Carmine Infantino. There's a part of me that wishes I could draw in that neat stylistic way that he does. So, yeah, it's it's unique enough to capture my attention. So I'm with you, Pat. I like the art a lot. Some of the, the really a few bigger splash pages are really cool on this one. Like when you see Vader on the planet. Yeah, that's what that I was big, just that's looking really at. That's really cool. Yeah, that is really good. It, I love how they have the flora behind him on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's got this beautiful green and white, yellow flowers and everything and then you just got him just like in the middle of it like this dark blob just standing up choking out this rebel dead rebels around him and his lightsaber ignited it's a great page i just think these issues that are prior empire strikes back you know once they got empire strikes back out they have the format now they know what people look like and and what's kind of going on these are kind of earlier issues that letting people's use their imagination, the artists, the storybook mm-hmm. people are just, mm-hmm. you know, they work creatively. Yeah. Way. yeah. Until the wall started coming around and saying, okay, the sandbox is this big now, and this is what you got to deal with. So, of course, really that also like got discovery. us a space rabbit at one point, but you know, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's a whole box of stuff. You know, you gotta get, but like you said, Pat, they're, they're all guessing. Yeah. Well, they're all guessing. Which is really cool. Yeah. It's really uh, opened up my mind to the exploring the galaxy. Jason. Yeah, I guess I'll just tag on and and give a high. I really like that scene with Darth Vader that we were just talking about on the planet. That's just like, that is Darth Vader to a T. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So evil. Just, you know, he's like, help me. He's the pain. You know, I told you everything. Help me with the pain. He's like, yeah, I just gave him some help. (laughs) (laughs) I did entirely. Man, that is just cold-blooded. But uh, I really like that. I think that was my favorite part in the book. That was really evil of him. Mm-hmm. That's what Sith lords do, you know? They don't yeah. take it from anybody. <laughs> nope. He sure that, doesn't. That's how they roll. He sure doesn't. Delvin, you got anything? I do. I will be complimentary. As every Star Wars issue we've read, I've had something good to say about Leia. So apparently I like Leia Organa. She is just freaking amazing. She does really cool stuff. She's awesome in a fight. She knows how to get to the rally points and advance the action, and it's never done in a condescending way. She is always that butt-kicking person, and it's never like, Jared gave me a puzzling look. And what I mean by that is, like, for instance, the biggest complaint that I heard in this newer Star Wars iterations with Rey is how she was overpowered. I can't remember the term they gave. It was it was kind of a dumb term. I didn't like it, but Mary Sue, Mary, Mary Sue, yeah, Mary Sue, where she was just overpowered and she was just God mode. Well, Leia isn't God mode. She just kicks butt, <laughs> and something about that is as sexy and as awesome as you could ever possibly get in the character. And so that was cool. And my other one would be Han Solo. 
Han Solo mm-hmm. has come across his advance from just being a selfish jerk to being more of that cavalier maverick type. And they played that very cool in this book, too, to where he was kind of like, yeah, I want to get out of here. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, you got these docking fees. And so we're going to keep the droids. And, you're, well, OK, looks like I'm fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad my quizzical look was able to get you to have that good discussion. And, and I think accurate discussion about Princess Leia. I really only gave it to you because you used the word condescending. And, uh, people. Yeah, I was waiting for you to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that means we talk down. <laughs> <laughs> because you use you're being condescending in the definition of condescending. I thought it was that movie with Nick Cage, the Con Air. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that a hair. Is that a blow dryer? Also, Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. So yeah, there, the game is the end of that. That's the end of that run. <laughs> I win. Oh man, <laughs> I like to just uh, kind of pile on to what Delvin said about Leia. I do like the artistic look of Leia as Let's, rendered by Carmen. Yeah, Infantino. Infantino doing great art. Uh, you know, his lady figures are rendered really nice. She looks like princess leia mm-hmm. but there's an artistic quality to her that just makes her unique uh in the style so that is impressive i gotta say jared any high or a, a what the or more lows well i had the high of discussing the art but you covered it so i'm gonna return back to lowesville to surprise no one not only on the cover did they do red lightsaber they did red lightsaber in the book and then at one point they did yellow lightsaber in the book and i'm like oh my gosh first of all it's blue. You've had 21 issues to figure this out. It's freaking blue. And now you're even being inconsistent with the, <laughs> with the lightsaber in your own book. So I don't remember who the colorist was. I tell you, I can tell you who it wasn't. It was not Glennis Wink. Glennis. No, not <laughs> Glennis. Glennis. Glennis would have nailed this one. All right. We're going to, who is the, George, George Russos. If that is your real name, mm-hmm. <laughs> the lightsaber color is blue. But anyways, come on, at least have consistency. I don't know why this bothers me so much. It just it just does. And well, I know why it bothers me, because we know in modern lore that the red is for the Sith. But again, they didn't have that established yet. But I'm still like, you're almost two years past the movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it's blue at this point. I don't know why the memos haven't haven't gone out. I guess there just weren't enough outraged nerds on Twitter back then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Never want to survive modern day, let me tell you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But yeah, that's that's all I got. Although I, I did a, a lot of negativity on this one, I, I did overall enjoy the book. I think that'll reflect in my score. But uh, yeah, I'll just kind of put my last thought out here on this. And I think with this issue, because we haven't read Star Wars in a while, so picking this one back up, I was able to kind of figure out where they're at, what's going on in the story. It got me interested in wanting to know what's going to happen next with this a little bit. Is Han going to really fight Chewie? What's going to go on with Luke? You know, is Vader going to come and find them and mess it all up again? So kind of brought me into the fold again on this one. I didn't have to have to kind of read what else was going on because as Jason had said, there was a lot of narration on catching you up on this one. If I'm not mistaken, the last issue of Star Wars that we read was uh, Star Wars 13. And if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. there was kind of a cliffhanger where... Luke was about to fight Chewie. So, yeah. Correct. Yeah. I be reading. I remember. (laughs) I do remember. (laughs) I remember that one. The water planet. 
I do remember the water planet, yes. All right, with our thoughts, high lows, and what does out of the way, let's go ahead and find out who was the star warrior of this issue. Jared? I want to give it to Carmine Infantino just because I like his work so much. (laughs) But if I'm playing by the rules, Leia, Leia's the star warrior. She's been carrying this. Delvin's alluded to it. I really think Delvin would enjoy a sit down and watch of the trilogy. And I think he'd enjoy how Leia works through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. She's just a great and timeless character. You know, talking about strong female representation in film. This is one of the best you're ever going to get. 1977. And she's great in the comic. And with that, I'll pass it around to Delvin. Also, Leia, similar reasons. Every time I've read her in this comic, I've enjoyed her. Mm -hmm. Jason. I'm going to throw another on the pile for Leia. She's just awesome in this book. Every issue I've read that she's featured in, she does something that strikes a chord for the character that was established in the movies. I think she's constantly well portrayed in the comic and just without her, this comic, this series isn't near as good. Pat. I will also agree with you guys on Leia, but you all had said everything. So I'm going to just throw in my runner up, which is Han Solo. I really liked how he stepped up, went to bat, gotten a you know, to make this money so they can get everybody off the wheel, the gambling bracket and all that. So I think we really didn't see a lot of it, but in the writing of it, it tells you what he's going through and he's just willing to stand up and do something. That's fair. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and get to the rating for this issue. Again, it's a one through five is five. You loved it. It choked out your insolent coworker. Jared, here's another license for you. Thank you. Take a, take a sip of water, too, while you're at it. Well, Okay. Four, you really liked it. Three, it was middle of the road. You liked it. And two, you didn't like it. One, you hated it. Tossing stations was all out of power converters. Ah. I hate that one. That was bottom all. Then I can't switch my TV when I'm trying my remote. It's, anyway, Jared, one through five. Even though I had a lot of negativity in the rounds, mainly because you took my big positive, which was art. I think the art really helped it, and I'm going to land on a nice, solid three. Not a sad three, just a solid three. I liked it. I want to know more like you do, Pat, but I can tell you, I know you had questions about what's coming. Mm-hmm. I can tell you they're going to end up going to Hoth, and then oh. Luke's going to go to Dagobah. <gasps> then they're going to end up going to, like, a cloud planet. Cool. Some betrayal's going to happen. Mm. Someone's going to lose a hand, Oh, and Ooh, someone is kissing their sister. <gasps> I called it. It's a three. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Pat, what are you going to give it? I am with you too. It's a three. I enjoyed getting kind of caught up with this. Yeah, the artwork carried it for me on this issue. Delvin. I'm right at three. I didn't get to chime in a little bit earlier when you guys were mentioning they're kind of in between movies. This had to be an incredible challenge for any creative team to come up with this stuff. And I give them a ton of credit for that. And it also probably gave them chances to do these kind of long form, kind of weirdo out there stories mm-hmm. that had to kind of be a little fun because in a way they were being, you know, their own uh, ragtag band of warriors out there being, you know, adventurous with all this stuff. And I give them a lot of credit for that. This okay. issue looked like it was kind of building up towards some kind of big finish. And it was interesting. It was a good cliffhanger. It's right at a three for me, and I hope that comes across as good and complimentary because I mean it as such. I think you're right about that because throughout this issue, 
they reference, you know, back in this issue, 18 or, or that. So it, it's really cool that they're building the story into a wider galaxy here. Jason. Yeah, I'm right there on Three Mile Island with you guys. I think that there's good bones to the story here. I think this issue that we picked just really wasn't my cup of tea. There's a lot of exposition. The fight in the mind thing, I'm kind of with Jared on that. Those don't really appeal to me all that much. But the overall story and where they're laying it out still has me hooked, has me interested. And as you pointed out astutely, Pat, it's a good cliffhanger at the end there that makes me want to pick up the next issue. What do you think? This definitely was, you know, a filler. And what do we say here on LBC? Sometimes you gotta eat, eat the filler. But it wasn't that bad. You gotta eat it. That art was like the frosting. Mm-mm-mm. Sugary uh-huh. goodness. I'll tell you what it reminded me of, because, well, <laughs> it's also Carmine Infantino. I ordered that omnibus of all the British mm-hmm. um, Star Wars comics, because there was more material available in England. Mm-hmm. In that, it's printed in the original black and white, so you get to see a lot of his... Um, oh, yeah. A lot of his just clean work. I don't know if he was inking himself or if he had an inker... I sure couldn't remember, but I just, I, I really liked it. And I think that became your Christmas present last I did, year. Yes, I did get that. Thank you. It had been read once, but you know, whatever. Still good. <laughs> First read for me. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of great Carmine Infantino in that. Yeah. And so I, I would definitely recommend getting the Marvel UK hardbound on the bus. It was very cool additional reading involved there. Yeah. Lots in it. Definitely lots in that thing. It's a heavy book. That's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question, send us an email at contact at lawboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. My name is Jesse, a Trekkie. A radiation wave hit and I got shot through a wormhole. And now I'm on some distant corner of the galaxy on a podcast, an index show about a strange science fiction series. Help me, please. Is there anybody out there who can hear me? I'm co-hosting with an insane Farscape fan. I'm doing everything I can. I'm just looking for a way home. What the Frell, a Farscape podcast. Available only on the Council of Geeks podcast network. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusader Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. And I'd like to welcome the newest member, Jason Albrick. That's right. They can't stop me because no, I'm no. doing the comment section. No, That's no, right. No. I'm this was the- a trial run, Jason. Yeah. You know? <sighs> I normally read it, you know. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, you guys, you folks, you Crusader Club members and your little elite boxes, <laughs> you get to enjoy discounts for Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Elica Wolf. Albert Elvis. Hey, uh, Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Bob Busta. Braxton Underwood. David Collins, also known as... Battle Wagon. The Duchess. Gerald Green. 
Greg Van Leuven. I, the collector. Ivor Evans. Jason Albrecht. I'm kidding. Jeremy L. Jim, don't squeeze the Jarman. Joe Thomas. It's elementary. It's John Watson. Jose Pollo. (laughs) Mark Hatherly. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rossmus Show. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Timmy. Tim Price. Come on down. Toronto Cop. And one-time donor Bradford Williams. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. Still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out and let me know what it's all about because they won't let me in. Don't have any extra scratch laying around, but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. For episode 44, from issues of Amazing Spider-Man number 188 and X-Men number 117, we have social media likes, shares, and retweets from... I'll kick it off with Aaron Headmall. And we keep leaving our wallets with El Sedano. Andrew Morris. Bill Schmidt. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Clinton Robinson. Cody Johnson. Coffee and Comics. Comic Reflections. Hmm. Hmm. Corey, I wish I was a carpenter. Daniel Vargas. Does not drink. Does not smoke. <laughs> Does that make love? love? What do you do, Vargas? David Mattioli. Derek Lowe. Eddie Parker. Edward Holmes. Fabio Oliveira. Fan Film Fridays podcast. <laughs> Francisco Vanagoli. Freshly baked bread. Mm, sounds tasty. Gene like Hendricks. A little butter on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like a little butter on my bread. <laughs> I like a little butter on my bread. <laughs> Gene Hendricks. I'm going to spread some peanut butter on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter jelly time. Gerardo Huizar Aguilar. Jerry Green. Gonzalez Abraham. Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan. Ivan Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Jarek Walker. Jeff Alexander. Jeffrey Bowden Harris. John D. Knoll. Lance Thomas. Manuel Canete Mendoza. Mark D. Simon. Mark Faubert. Mark Holcomb. Mark McCarty. Martin Figueroa. Matt Burke. Max Traver. Michael Andrews. Morris Caldwell. Norrin. Paul Bidabop. It's Paul from Back to the Bins, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. what it is? Is that what it is? Okay. Okay. Just go with Paul Bidabop then. <laughs> Philip? Oh, Philip, go Packer, go. <laughs> Randall Andrews. Rick Heineken. Ross Michaud. Ruth Sutherland. 
Watch out. She's got a bad right swing. <laughs> and a left. Scott Barry. Scott D. Gladfelter. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Sean Simmons. Soundtrack Alley. Steve Barnes. Steve Hopkins. Stephen Brunson. Tim Elliott. Elliott. <laughs> Tim Hansen. Anybody got a Hansen t-shirt? Hey, have I guys told you? <laughs> Yes. Got a handsome t-shirt? I got a handsome t-shirt. Because you know why? You're so fancy. Yes. All right. Tim Price, come on down. You're the next contestant on Crusader Chronicles. Trekker talk. Oh, well, well, well. Whose day has come. It's my day. It's my day. I don't don't want to beat. I just need someone to answer, you know, this very easy call and response. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jeff and Rick. Jeff and Rick who? Jeff and Rick who unpack the power of the power pack because when you unpack the power of the power pack, power pack power, don't stop. Say what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Delvin's day. It's Delvin with Delvin's day. He was just saying, I never get unpacking the power of power pack. Yeah, it's been forever. It's been forever. Are you guys like me? Do you like practice what you're going to do for unpacking the power pack? <laughs> like all week long, just in case it lands on you? I had that one. I had that one laying in the chamber for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> believe it. Believe me when I tell you, I've got one laying around when it lands on me, too. <laughs> oh, man. Bernard Jeffries and Zachary Carter. And you didn't really think I was going to let this go, did you? Let it roll! So the real question was, how worried were you, Chris? How worried were you? <laughs> you was probably getting ready. I'm unfollowing this feed. I'm unfollowing every one of them on Twitter. Boys, we did get a website comment, which we all know means Tim Price, right? Yeah. He's, he's our website commenter. We get Tim Price, and then we get the spam comments, you know, Mm -hmm. enlarging our p***s, shrinking our mortgages, things of this nature. (laughs) But in that vein, Tim Price says, Amazing Spider-Man 188. Dang, Betty wearing a crop top the whole time with Peter. She is not being subtle. I need to wear sunglasses around her if Mary Jane hadn't brought so much shade. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. I'm hoping we'll see some of these stories play out rather than drag them all out. It's written well enough that I don't mind. Pretty great stuff. But wait, by my math, it's 12 issues to reach 200. That wouldn't be a big deal now, would it? I doubt it. (laughs) Moving on to X-Men 117, he said, So many big doings on the way. I imagine first-time readers wouldn't have known the seeds being sown or appreciated them in the monthly publishing schedule, which means it sucks to be past people, but excellent to be present people, who know how this all fits together. I feel like I'm in days of future past as I read this. <laughs> You're in the future or you're in the yeah, past. Yeah. He goes on to say, Oh, the, Oh, the shadow King. His next appearance is troubling, but he's a bad guy. So that's the only pass I give on it. A really bad guy, a horribly bad guy. <laughs> Thanks not for the good. laugh, gents. What's that? I said, not good. Now well, that shadow King's going to do something nefarious. It sounds like. <laughs> Ah, interesting, interesting. And with that, we've got social media comments. So we're going over to the Twitters and the Facebooks. And Jason, take it away. I'll just grab this top one from Green Lantern HG fighting the good fight and says, and the trophy. Gotta give it to Cristado01 for not only once but twice getting me with Oreo, Aurora, 
and with licking Jared's fingers. <laughs> Damn it, Pat. Ooh, no, I'm, I'm, it reminds me I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, that was funny. I that was that. well deserved. Well I will deserved. give you that. I won't give you the trophy. I don't know I why he's complaining about how I say her name. That's how it's pronounced. That's, it's not. We, we'll talk oh. later. I will go with Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, who says that weird moment when you're listening to a commercial and then realize it is yours. And I have a confession. Rick made me read that comment because in real life, he's a control freak who makes people do his bidding. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's all right. Monday, Monday. <laughs> I'll take one from Auburn Elvis. And he says, I'm reliving my childhood through these Spider-Man recaps. It's pretty crazy how much I remember. I always love how many plot points you adults notice that completely flew over my nine-year-old head. And also, the black silhouetted Spider-Man cover blew my mind, too. Oh, I remember that, that one with one, the yep. jigsaw. With jigsaw, yep. Got it, got it. And, I, you know, since I ran with the Tim Price earlier, I'm going to run with Tim Price one more time. He said, it's a huge thrill to hear my Bat Outcasters promo on the show. Thank you so much, Christados and the Crusaders. And we are happy to play the promo for your show now that you're no longer pod crashing, but podcasting, sir. Yes. Congratulations, yeah. Timmy. Anything to keep him off our show. <laughs> oh, that was on the air. <laughs> this is live, right? No, are we recording this? I, just, I like um, Pink Need to Breathe. That's the group. It's a Christian group. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com where the post will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Jason? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Hi. I'm Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, and you can find me at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Check out my YouTube channel. If you search Yard Sale Artist, you'll find me drawing pictures, sharing Yard Sale finds. And on top of all that, you can find me at your local Burger King. Can I get a Whopper? Pat. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01, and I will be also... With Jared at the Burger King. Get the chicken sandwich. Ooh, I love that one. My favorite. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream on YouTube the second Sunday of every month. 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Check out Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications of when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read them all. Wakanda forever. Read them all. I couldn't get off the mute fast enough. Sing me love songs You hardly talk to me anymore When I come through the door At the end of the day 
remember when You couldn't wait to love me You used to hate to leave me Now after loving me Let it now When it's good for you, babe And you're feeling all right The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. It's 9 p.m., and I'm the only one here. Delvin was here a little while ago, but he... Went to get some water, but now Pat's here too. One, One two, three, four. My baby don't mess around because she loves me so. This I know for sure. Let's add Jason. Hey, uh. I don't remember that part, but I will. Oh, let's give it away. Here. You're thinking of give giving it away. But you got to cut to give it to your mama. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get to give it to your mama. Like I don't have a partner. Sometimes, Sometimes I feel I like my only friend is the DJ I hang with, the DJ Cristados. Lonely as I am, he's my favorite DJ. On the podcast downtown. Is where I juice up blood under the podcast downtown. Actually, I think that was Sean under the podcast. <laughs> he has exhibited powers he had not shown before, such as the ability to assume a form of pure energy. Pure energy. I want to know what you're thinking. <laughs> So, Black Vulcan. Anything on that? Anything on Information Society? Yeah, no. Black Vulcan, not white. <laughs> Take that as a note. Smiling for a second. No, I was talking to Pat. Oh, I'm Pat. Smiling. We got it. Pat, did oh, you yeah. not smile? I was I'm mute. I'm mute. Sorry. I don't smile <laughs> when I'm mute. Was I supposed to be on mute? Uh, <laughs> I did mute. <laughs> What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Can I get a lyric from a Little Fancy? Hmm? Talking to Pat. What happened to Little Fancy? Little Fancy. Little Fancy. <laughs> You're so fancy, one. There you go. <laughs> Little Fancy. We are the champions, my friend. We'll keep on podcasting till the end. I'm going to pull up the script, take my pants down, and go on mute. Muting.
You guys believe it? We're doing Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Yeah. So I was going to say, if anybody wants to, we can always do a pets poll list real quick. Let's just let's talk about Star Wars. Star Wars. You either wanted to do it or you don't want to do it. Whatever. You're either on the poll list or you're off the poll list. I think we've been off the poll list for like a year and a half. <laughs> Whatever. Now I'm salty pat. Uh, y'all don't deserve Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you got, you got your Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Be happy. Be happy with your Star Wars. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's go ahead and see how Jason the yard, but not the yard, the weasel cell. Oh, he's been drinking. <laughs> You've been hitting the bottle, Pat. You even hit Sean's liquor cabinet again. I, 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 I got into Delvin's ice. <laughs> and so. Nothing wrong with that. That's okay. That's okay to get to, you know, you have to indulge in the ice. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. I was talking with Jared about that earlier. He was like, I love the ice. Continue to do it, please. Mm-hmm. He says, shake it, shake it, shake it like a Polaroid picture. All right, all right, all right, all right. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Moving along, moving on. Pat was wearing no shoes on the last Saturday matinee theater. Plus, as you play Let It Roll Backwards, you hear We Buried Pat and divided up his pipes. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) There's something going on in the Twitterverse. I know there's something going on. All I want to do is be left alone. Except my average home. But why do I always feel like I'm in the twilight zone? And I always feel like somebody's watching me. And I get no privacy. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Tell me, is it just a dream? When I go home at night, I lock the doors real tight. Or is that the lyrics of Someone's Watching Me? Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, of course not. I know the Michael Jackson part. No one That's cares it. about Quincy Jones' son. I do. Or- Give me a Wookiee War. No. The credits for this. I mean, excuse me, Jason. Like, I, he was on mute. I'm like, he's, he, he's our resident mm-hmm. Wookiee. Oh, there we go. Yeah. See? There we go. <laughs> do another one. Take two. Hang on a minute. I found out the problem, why everything wasn't loading. The guns, they stopped. Keep your eyes open for those fighters. <laughs> Stay on target. Uh, yeah, yeah, that should probably solve You're too close. Text it It's easy to remember. It's just a text. It's like working with Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I said no green m and <laughs> Wait, that's me, actually. I, I, I was, uh, the stage door, but those who have friends. Friends. <laughs> stage. A life that's walking the thing. A life that's so, so okay. Can't 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 I didn't say text me, and then when you're finished, don't look at me. <laughs> Are you talking to me? 